This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pod's Own Country, the politics podcast from the Yorkshire Post. My name is Caitlin Doherty, your Westminster correspondent. MPs have broken up for the summer and Parliament is quieter than it has been in months, even in the depths of lockdown. But that hasn't stopped the headlines rolling with the Prime Minister out of isolation and Covid cases on the decline again. Ahead of Yorkshire Day, this week's Saturday edition of the Yorkshire Post will be taking an in-depth look at the climate crisis and the impact it's having across our county. I spoke to Shadow Chancellor and Leeds West MP Rachel Reeves and Carolyn Frank from the Federation of Small Businesses about how businesses in the region can help reach net zero. You'll be able to hear those conversations in detail in just a moment, but elsewhere, Susie Beaver spoke to Alison Lowe, the Deputy Mayor of West Yorkshire for Policing and Crime. They discussed how she wants to make Yorkshire a safe place for women while she is in office. How do you feel we can make West Yorkshire a safer place for women? Well, I think it's multifaceted. Obviously, we've got to have the support systems in place, you know. You've got to have your women's aid. You've got to have your basis for, um, you know, women who are sex working. You've got to have your gay, the gypsy and traveller women. Um, you know, you've got to have a, a, a wide variety of support systems in place, uh, both in the third sector and in the statutory sector. But then you have to have your prevention and your education elements. So we need to be talking more to young girls and young boys about consent. We need to be talking about healthy relationships. Uh, we need to be restating uh, the rules around uh, what healthy relationships look like because um, violence is even more common in young people than it was when I was young. Pick up a copy of the Yorkshire Post on Saturday to read that interview in full. But now on to my chat with Rachel Reeves. This week on Pod's Own Country, we are looking at Yorkshire as a climate conscious county. And as part of that, I will be looking at the green economy and how it stands as we look come to recover from the pandemic. To chat to me about this today, I have Rachel Reeves. Leeds MP and Shadow Chancellor. Hello, how are you? Hi, great to see you. I'm very good. Brilliant. Um, I think these are obviously some really, really big questions with some answers that aren't really that simple. Um, but just to start, what does the idea of the green economy mean to you and what does it mean to businesses and as part of your role? Well, first of all, I think that uh, the, the need to, to tackle climate change in Yorkshire is well understood, you know, not least because of the numbers of floods that have hit us over recent years, whether in uh, York or Hull or Leeds or um, Hebden Bridge. 
you know what flood damage is is doing and these extreme weather events not just in yorkshire but around the world from canada to china to russia uh, to germany and, and belgium just over the last few weeks we've heard of, uh, of flash floods as, as well as um, forest fires and extreme um, temperatures and so much of that comes back to what we're doing to the planet the great thing though is that there are ways to tackle it and so many of the jobs and industries of the future that are going to be needed to um to 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 address climate change exist in yorkshire and that's really exciting because there are going to be jobs and industries of the future some of which you know none of us have ever uh, uh, heard of or thought of that are going to be created in the future but also jobs today uh, that people in Yorkshire can and should be doing with a bit of support from the government. And, uh, um, and my job as Shadow Chancellor and also as um, West Leeds MP is to put government under a bit more pressure to step up the, um, the, the, the reality of what they're doing and not just the rhetoric. We hear an awful lot of warm words from this government, but more is needed, whether it is on the rollout of electric vehicles and making them affordable to everybody, um, carbon capture and storage, which has huge opportunities to create new jobs, tidal energy, uh, refitting our homes so that they are energy efficient. So many opportunities. We need to be seizing those and creating those jobs of the future uh, here in Yorkshire. Um, It was interesting there, you talk about lots of new jobs becoming available, jobs that you know, we may not be even able to think about right now because they don't exist. What sort of roles could you see those being? And are there roles that you envisage being within small businesses, within large businesses, both in our region and then across the country? Where do you see these jobs coming from? I think one of the great opportunities in Yorkshire and in the Humber as well is our industrial heritage, because we have got a huge amount of skills and businesses, big and small, who are really good at some of the things that we're going to need to grow and invest in in the future. So whether that is things like steel making in um, Scunthorpe, um, whether it is in manufacturing for um, the automotive uh, sector where we're going to need uh, loads more electric cars and we want them to be built in, 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 in Britain, um, whether it is carbon capture and storage, which is a real possibility of the um, of the east coast of, uh, of, of England in um, Yorkshire and the Humber, um, whether it is the, 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 the wind turbines that we are seeing. We've got huge opportunities because of our industrial heritage to seize this moment and put together a, a proper plan to get those jobs and industries here in the UK. And there are practical things the government could be doing now. Uh, For example, uh, ensuring that as more people get electric vehicles, that there's proper charging infrastructure. Everybody knows where the nearest petrol station is. I bet many people listening to this podcast wouldn't know where the nearest point is to charge their electric um, vehicle. Um, We all see the wind turbines going up um, uh, on the the coast. Um, I think it is a, a real missed opportunity the the vast majority of those are not being manufactured in this country. We know the way we're going to heat our homes is going to change. There's great stuff going on at Northern Gas Networks about using hydrogen to do that. So there's lots of things that are happening right now that could be huge job creators and huge sources of, of wealth and opportunity in Yorkshire 
maybe with a little bit of more support from the government, because at the moment, as I say, there's lots of warm words, lots of hot air, if you will. There's less practical action. I want the government to bring forward a proper plan for actually ensuring that the jobs and industries and opportunities come to businesses and come to workers here in Britain. I want to do more to buy, make and sell more in this country and seize this moment and seize these opportunities for young people especially, but everybody doing jobs in Yorkshire and across the country. You mentioned some new industries there, which which sound really exciting. You know, the development of wind turbines, the manufacture of electric cars. They're things that we can see starting to develop already, but they presumably come from huge multinational companies or companies who have you know really wide employee bases. The majority of businesses in Britain are SMEs, small and medium enterprises. What is the role, do you think, of small businesses in this in this whole picture because you know we hear a lot about the big businesses being the big polluters so given that most of our businesses are small are they not sort of necessary to get the green recovery going every business has a supply chain big or small uh and that 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 supply chain will be for um parts of cars for parts of um wind turbines um but some of these uh, companies that are going to be, uh, you know, creating some of these these jobs of the future, um, they're big companies, they're small companies, they're every size of company. And some of those companies don't exist today, but we've got fantastic entrepreneurs in Yorkshire with really exciting ideas who want to create those businesses as well. And, and we need to do much more to ensure that kids coming out of school and college and university have, have got the sort of skills that are, um, are needed. And, you know, sometimes I sort of think the curriculum has barely changed since I was at school. And yet the types of jobs available today are in many ways a world apart from, um, you know, when I um, uh, uh, finished school and in, in, in university uh, 20, 25 years ago. So we need to be ensuring that our young people are given the opportunities, but also that there are opportunities to retrain um, so that um, that anybody can seize these opportunities and, and get these jobs um, as well. But businesses big and small are going to be part of um, this um, this new wave of, of jobs. And also, you think about flood defences as well. I was in Kirkstall uh, just at the end of last week, uh, seeing some of the work that, um, that that is happening with the um, flood alleviation scheme to better protect. Uh, local businesses and residents um, against the sort of terrible flooding that we saw on Boxing Day 2015. And we've got um, great work happening down there, protecting communities, but also protecting lots of small businesses in Kirkstall, who in 2015, um, you know, were wiped out uh, and took, in some cases, um, many months, in some cases, more than a year to, uh, to rebuild. So we also need to better protect the environment and to put in place those flood defences to support all sorts of businesses, whether they're in retail or hospitality, manufacturing, whatever they're doing, because none of us are immune to the impacts of, of climate change and, and the flooding that we see across Yorkshire. And, you know, the, the rain's um, coming down again now today as we're doing this um, this this podcast. And I know that people in Yorkshire do worry when we see this extreme weather because, you know, you don't have to have a very long memory to remember the last time that there was flooding in your town or city. I think flooding is something in particular that a lot of people are focusing on, not least because 
it's just devastating, isn't it? I mean, the personal cost that it brings to people having to, you know, rip out all of your carpets, get rid of all of your possessions. It's it can be really, really damaging. There was something you said a minute ago about retraining and that comes on quite nicely um, to what I wanted to speak about next. And that is retraining is a really, really um, popular buzzword at the minute, obviously, in the last 18 months, a lot of people have lost their jobs or a lot of people found themselves furloughed from their jobs. And a lot of people would say that the biggest economic challenge at the moment is recovery from the pandemic. But in the medium to long term, you know, reaching net zero and tackling climate change does seem to be the bigger problem. Can businesses realistically focus on these climate change and emissions targets while they are trying to recover from the pandemic or of the two things at odds with one another? Do they do businesses need to get themselves up and running at whatever cost or can they do that in um, an environmentally friendly way? Well, I think businesses are often leading the way um, in, in some of these um, these areas. Um, you know, they are um, putting in place the, the, the plans to get to net zero often faster than the government is um, uh, um, um, ambitions uh, are businesses want to know from government you know what the targets are what they um, need to do uh, but many businesses see this as an opportunity um, as as well um, to, to to create new products to uh, to access new markets and I think that's really exciting I mean you know Leeds where I'm an, an MP also has um, you know a burgeoning financial services industry that's second only to, to London in terms of numbers of jobs in financial services so many of the uh, the entrepreneurs and businesses of the future are going to need finance to get up and running. Uh, and it's going to be in the financial services, not just in London, but in Leeds and, and elsewhere, that is ensuring that businesses have the finance and the capital that they need to grow their businesses. So this is an exciting uh, business uh, opportunity and also an opportunity to create what I think all of us want, which is good jobs that pay a wage that you can afford to support a family uh, on. And I think some of the jobs that we're talking about in uh, finance, in um, in manufacture, manufacturing, uh, those are the sorts of jobs where it's not just a job, it's a career, and there's real opportunities for you. And there's real opportunities for us as a country as well, uh, not just to, to, to make stuff here, but to sell stuff around the world and to be leaders in, in these areas because you know, Britain has been and can be um, a, a leader. We were in the first industrial revolution. We can be as we move to a zero carbon economy as well, if we seize this moment. And one of the sort of analogies that I, I would draw would be with the um, the, the, the vaccine. The, the, the vaccine that was created was not created by the public sector alone or the private sector alone or by universities alone. It was by the coming together of AstraZeneca, the government, uh, in the university sector, particularly Oxford uh, University, to create a vaccine that has protected so many of us in this country, uh, but is also protecting people around the world. And that's an example about how when people come together because there is a, um, um, a an important mission, an important shared goal, you can achieve amazing things. And I think that tackling climate change is similar to that. And it's going to be a, a, a collaboration of businesses, schools, universities, colleges, uh, and um, and government too, working together to meet what you know is potentially the biggest challenge of our um, of our age, but not just a challenge. I see it as an opportunity as well. What sort of businesses would you like to see? I mean, we've spoken about 
we've spoken about you know um wind turbines electric cars like we've already said things that already exist what what sort of businesses do you foresee potentially that people might not have thought about yet that may exist, exist excuse me, in sort of maybe 10 to 15 years time? It's really quite hard to fathom some of these ideas because they're such big ideas and, you know, we're projecting so far into the future. But if there were a child now about to start their first year of secondary school, what job could they be doing when they're graduating university? Well, my kids are um, eight and six and, you know, I don't know what opportunities there are going to be when, um, you know, they leave school and, and, and college in uh, in the years to come. But the, the chances are when they try and explain it to me, I won't have a clue what they're going on about. Uh, and that's a really exciting, um, that's a really exciting thing. I mean, already they're much better at technology than, uh, than I am. And during lockdown when we did homeschooling, you know, they'd always have to grab the tablet and say, no, mum, you're doing it wrong. Uh, so, you know, I have no doubt that they'll be doing things that mystify uh, me as they're already uh, um, managing to do. But you think, you know, not many of us are going to fly on holiday um, this year. Um, but, um, you know, um, in future, we may be flying electric aeroplanes. We're talking about electric cars today. Um, but there is research going on today uh, uh, in universities and businesses about how we can make flying electric and, and shipping as well. Um, you know, but there's also practical everyday things that will make a big difference to all of our lives, like better, better insulating our homes. Um, you know, one of the biggest bills that we get every month is for our gas and electricity. Um, actually, so much of that is spent on um, because um, uh, we lose so much energy uh, through our roofs, through our walls. Uh, and so there are, you know, part of tackling climate change is actually also about reducing bills for ordinary people and making our homes warmer, uh, safer places to uh, to live. So there's some really exciting stuff that you can't imagine, um, but there's also practical things that I think can make a really big difference to our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. One final, probably quite a big question from me. Um, as we sit here in July 2021, what is the biggest economic challenge, economic barrier that may be in the way for us reaching net zero at the moment? Wow, that's a, that's a great um, that's a great question. I, I, look, I, I I do think that while the government have put in place really um, bold ambitions, it's not always backed up with concrete plans and government have got to do more to set the agenda and set the direction of uh, travel so that all of us and businesses as well know where we're heading and if we're confident of that and if businesses especially are confident in that they will make the investment uh, and they will um, and they will rise to that challenge but I do think more is needed from government to turn these ambitious um, um, this ambitious rhetoric into concrete plans. Rachel Reeves, thank you so much for your time. It has been an absolute pleasure. Great to talk to you. I also spoke to Carolyn Frank from the Federation of Small Businesses in North Yorkshire, and she was really optimistic about how Yorkshire could be leading the way as part of the green recovery. Um, So looking at the green economy in Yorkshire, what sorts of small businesses do we have that contribute to this and what, what sort of um, roles do they perform? 
I think the green economy really affects all small businesses. And what's really interesting is that small businesses are all taking um, lots of small steps um, towards these goals that have been set by central government. So you see specifically businesses that are involved directly, such as the zero waste shops like Earth Unwrapped in North Allerton, as an example. But others are, are doing lots of recycling or they're um, buying just all their energy from renewable sources. So I think all small businesses are involved in this agenda. Some of them may be visibly and some of them kind of hidden away and they're doing small things in the background. And, and that's the message that, that we really um, like to explore more with small businesses, that they can take small steps to contribute. There's... Um Obviously, large parts of Yorkshire are quite rural. We have a lot of agri-tech businesses, a lot of businesses involved in agriculture in other ways, a lot of businesses involved in energy production and energy development. Is there any way, is Yorkshire as a county going to benefit as the economy shifts to this more green perspective just because of the nature of the area that it is? I think we're absolutely leading the way with this agenda as a as a region, as an area, because we have all the natural capital um, that's needed, um, obviously with carbon uh, neutral, balancing balancing carbon emissions and so on. We, we have all that, the natural resources, but there's also a real growing industry here, as you say, in lots of very niche industries um, associated with the um, carbon neutral goals. And I think... Businesses here are excited about the green agenda and, and we will lead in it because of that. People are getting behind it they're, um, and they're, they're grabbing those emerging opportunities. What we're very good at here is specialist and niche small businesses. The majority of our businesses are small and, and specialised and that's why we can take a hold of these opportunities that are coming from, from emerging industries and maybe from those more traditional agricultural industries. We, Small businesses are extremely flexible and adaptable and they are adapting to the to the green agenda and changing their business models, working practices um, and really contributing to the green agenda nationally. How is that transformation and move to a focus on green business? How is it fitting in with the recovery from the pandemic? Obviously, this is a challenge that people wouldn't have expected, but are they conflicting priorities or are businesses managing to find a way to make them work well together? I think it's all about the understanding and about the uh, messaging and the language use. So a lot of small businesses, um, you know, some time ago when when this was first being discussed and, and net zero and all these different terms, carbon neutral, all the different terminology around it seemed quite complicated. But actually, as soon as small businesses um, see that, that see that energy saving um, as an example can be a saving rather than a cost to them. So it's not something they have to spend a lot of money on. So so this is the balance, the economic balance, isn't it? It's a you know carbon neutral versus economic growth seems to be a conundrum because one doesn't quite fit with the other. But I think if we understand what's available and emerging technologies better, it, it can contribute to um, to economic growth rather than be a barrier to it. There, there are issues um, I see particularly around electrification that, that are costly for businesses. So 
for example, couriers who have a, a fleet of um, diesel vans changing to el electrified um, or other power source vehicles will will be costly and difficult. And it's it's around the infrastructure. But I think as infrastructure catches up, it'll become um, more affordable for businesses to make these changes. And, and then that economic growth comes. So it's not a linear process. It's kind of small steps and, and a little bit up and down. Um, but but the two two can exist together. Mm -hmm. We hear a lot about big businesses being big polluters. Um, you know, some of the world's biggest industries contributing unbelievable unbelievably to um, carbon emissions. What, given that, what is the role of small businesses in meeting net zero and other green targets? If the big businesses are the big polluters, how do small businesses fit into this? I think small businesses um, generally are very um, streamlined. They're, they're already looking at, um, you know, how can they reduce their waste? How can they um, use less energy? Uh, what, what can they put into their processes um, that, that addresses those? Almost um, by mistake, for example, um, when we were looking with the uh, local enterprise partnership at, at how businesses were adapting, one company had actually done lots and lots to reduce their energy bills just as a cost saving. But the, the flip side of that was that they were um, not using as much electricity in their business. So I think small businesses are perhaps really contributing to this agenda but they don't always realize that they are and i think they they work we've got to do as as a business support organization and how the growth hub and the the um unitary authority emerging unitary authority can deal with it is to help businesses educate themselves about their carbon footprint and and find those ways to um to really work on it and, and to talk about it as well and to spread the word about what they're doing because they often don't realize how much they are contributing as opposed to bigger businesses who are measuring more things within their business and, and so they know exactly where they are on that carbon neutral journey. So I think we need to help small businesses better understand where they are on the journey to, to green. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Thanks so much for listening to Podzone Country this week. And if you've liked what you've heard, please do leave us a review on any of the services in which you get your podcasts, so Apple or Spotify or iTunes, and we will see you next week. And if you've got a story that you'd like us to discuss, please email caitlin.doherty at jpimedia.co.uk and our podcast will be back next week. Bye-bye.